Jordan, welcome and good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me again. Of course. I love it. I love our talk. And this is part two. And uh, again, to remind listeners, you are a podiatrist in Bristol, Rhode Island, beautiful ocean state. And uh, first time around, we talk about uh, feet osteoarthritis, big toe pain, and a little bit of, we crush crocs a little bit, but not completely. Uh, and today, uh, you know, we have, I think we have two topics left and one is heels, you know, walking like female heels or, you know, whoever wear heels nowadays, let's not be judgmental. And, but uh, let's concentrate on our heels today. The heels that we have at the end of a foot and uh, heel pain specifically. And I'll let you take it on Jordan from, from there. Uh, wonderful. Thanks again for having me again. Yes, my, my name is Jordan DeHaven. I, uh, I'm a uh, podiatrist. I work in Bristol, Rhode Island. Uh, I also run the uh, residency program at Roger Williams Medical Center. So uh, yeah, uh, heel pain is, uh, is such a, uh, a great topic because I think at some point uh, in our lives, at some point in some time, um, most of us will probably have at least some time of heel pain. And uh, I see a lot of it in my practice and I treat a lot of it. Uh, it's uh, heel pain in particular can uh, really affect uh, the bottom of the heel or the back of the heel and the back of the heel is something altogether different. Although uh, the, the treatments are actually quite similar. So uh, when it's in the back of the heel, it's usually something uh, more closely related to Achilles tendonitis. And in those cases, uh, usually stretching and actually heel lifts are important. So uh, that's can probably lead into our next talk next time about uh, heels, wearing a, a wedge or a heel. Uh, sometimes that actually can be very, very effective for, uh, for Achilles tendonitis. Um, but then the, the heel pain on the bottom of the heel uh, is really usually consistent with something called plantar fasciitis. So plantar fasciitis is a very common condition. And very common. And not only uh, in podiatry offices, but as you, uh, as you know, in primary care setting, rheumatology. And I, as I mentioned last time, you know, uh, do basic evaluation, try to figure out if they have any systemic rheumatic illness. But a lot of times it's not. It's, uh, you know, something that anybody can have. And then again, I refer them a lot your way. Um, and how would you, and you said, um, mentioned before we started that it's been a problem uh, now post pandemic or in pandemic. Can you, uh, can you dive into that a little bit? Sure. I think uh, I've noticed a lot more heel pain uh, over the, probably the past six months than I'd had seen for uh, quite some time prior. And uh, I think it's probably two part. Um, uh, I think a lot of it is a lot of people are at home, uh, working from home, or they're just at home. Maybe they're un unfortunately unemployed at the moment. Um, but what they're doing is walking around barefoot uh, more often than they ever had been. And I think this is contributing. Uh, so one of the contributing factors to plantar fasciitis is, is really a lack of support for the plantar fascia. And it, what it will do is it stretches out and it pulls at that insertion. 
uh, in the heel. So the, the plantar fascia extends from the heel all the way to the toes. And so when you see somebody walking around barefoot quite often, they will get that chronic pull on that plantar fascia. And over time you'll, you'll develop this inflammation and they'll, they'll have pain there. And how would you describe plantar fascia in a very simple language? If somebody really, you know, has a lot of heel pain kind of at the bottom of the cushiony part of the bottom of a foot, but how would you describe to them in simple language, what plantar fascia is and what it does for the food? So the plantar fascia is a very strong, long ligament that extends on the bottom of the foot. And what it really does is helps control the arch. Uh, if it really, if you look at a road, uh, a bridge, for example, uh, you know, the, the, the top part of the bridge that you see, uh, that goes over the road, uh, is really the, the, the really what would be the, the equivalent of the foot in the arch. Um, but the plantar fascia would be the road itself. So it kind of holds the arch together. Uh, and, uh, when you're, when you're having a lot of stress on either one of those ends, so either the toe end or the, the heel end, you can get pain and inflammation that contributes there. Yeah, that's a great explanation. And another thing, I think there is misconception that it's only a disease of older folks. Children can have it. And do you see Abs a lot of younger absolutely. people with that? No question about it. It, it is a, it is a, it is a condition that hits all age groups. I, yeah. I, and, and whether you're active or whether you're inactive, uh, I will see it on, on any, any patient, any age, any sex. It just, it really, it, it doesn't, uh, it, it's not, um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, any, there's no particular, uh, age group or person that, that it can hit. I often get the question and say, Oh, is this weight related? And actually yep. it, it's typically not, it, yep. you know, it can happen in, I've seen it in runners. Uh, actually it's quite common in runners and. Oh, I can see uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So why I'll why see it is in, it? Is it because of the poor uh, choice of uh, shoe wear or is it because of a surface they running on or some different factors? Uh, I don't think it's so much shoe wear. If you, if you have seen runners, uh, they are extremely particular about their shoes and most often they're wearing really, really good shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is really just more of repetitive stress, okay. uh, and a repetitive mm -hmm. injury to that area. So it's a typo most often with, with runners, uh, in addition to the repetitive stress, it's also a tight muscle group in the back part of the leg. So the calf is very, very tight and very strong. And this actually is also a huge contributing factor to plantar fasciitis. Ah, so then uh, it's important to stretch before the exercises that were we heading toward? Absolutely, absolutely. Number one thing you can do for plantar fasciitis is stretching without uh -huh. question. You know, uh, so. and um, one of the talks actually I am going to have about feet is the physical therapist. So I will ask him for simple stretches, ideas on, on some stretches. So that will be a nice augmentation to our conversation. And just to clarify, Jordan, yes, I've seen runners in, in my life at least once. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, they... Uh... Stretching though is, is huge, huge, huge. And so that's why, and a lot of these runners too, they don't stretch, you know, yeah. it's funny though. They'll, they'll say, you know, I just go out and I run, you know, 15 miles and I'm like, well, are you doing any stretching beforehand or after? 
no, no, I, I probably should. I probably should, yeah. but they, they really don't. So it is a, uh, it's, it's not just unique to the athletes though, that most, most people do not stretch. So, and then, or at least under stretch. And so, yeah, and, I think talking mm -hmm. with a physical therapist can be really effective for that. Yeah. So I'm curious about that, what his, uh, what his tips are going to be, but, you know, I think there's also this, uh, concept that athletes have a lot of injuries and obviously you know on a field there's some trauma or high impact but majority of athletes professional especially have coaches and they you know help them with warm-up with stretching there's all system of heart to preserve a tendons and muscles and ligaments and I think that people who you know just as you said you know drop the backpack after coming back from work or just like weekend warriors I think that you know average person runs into trouble with that more often than professionals what do you think I completely agree I think that if you look at I mean if you've ever been to say a, a baseball game before uh, you know before it starts and you sit there and you're watching the players warm up in the field there's people stretching them out for them I mean these they have so many uh, ancillary uh, groups to help make sure that they avoid injury, but the, yeah, the average person they're on their own. And so, yeah, they're, they're, like you said, dropping the backpack uh, and they're getting home or dropping their bag from work and just saying, Hey, I'm going to go, uh, go just change into my clothes and go for a run or uh, go downstairs and hit the treadmill. And, and I think those, those individuals are actually certainly more susceptible to injury. That's awesome. That's awesome that you explained it so well. And hey, listen, you know, that's uh, that's the one thing. I've never been to professional baseball game. That's something really? I have on my. Yeah. And, you know, it's I, it's no excuse because we live so close to, you know, Fenway and and we used to have Paw Sox here and then now Woosox. So I really want to do that uh, while we're talking about professional sports. But, you know, uh, just in a brief summary, uh, one sentence. Jordan, before we finish for today, um, any final thoughts about plantar fasciitis? And I feel that we are not finished, so I may talk to you a little bit uh, more about it when we talk about sure. heels. Um, but final, final thoughts, Jordan? So I think with plantar fasciitis, uh, general and really quick would be patient uh, generally has some pain after a period of rest. Uh, they usually get pain first step out of bed in the morning and uh, the best treatments are two: uh, you stretch and you support the foot. So that means either a good supportive sneaker or even consider an over-the-counter insert uh, or some good supporting shoe with a little bit of arch support in there can be extremely effective. And just doing those two things may even keep you uh, out of uh, our offices. Um, but if, uh, if it persists, definitely seek, uh, seek a professional help. I think, uh, I think we can definitely treat these uh, there. And the, the beauty of plantar fasciitis is that it's extremely treatable conservatively. 90, 98% get better with conservative therapy. So very rarely do we have to operate on these. Well, that's, that's awesome for those who don't like needles, injections and operating rooms. Uh, so that's good news for people. The majority of, of things uh, either need time or some supportive and simple measures. 
Jordan, thank you again. This was very, very cool that uh, we could talk again. And I'm already, Absolutely. you have an open invitation and have a nice day. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.